0: game devs hey guys it's red here with game devs quest your once weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs into game devdom if we can do it you can too that's right. You might have heard that eerie silence. It means I'm alone in the GDQ studios today. Uh our boy T-Dog decided to take himself a little mini vacay with his family. Um I guess he enjoys something that they call sports. Uh don't know much about it. Uh personally never seen what this thing's all about. But apparently it's something that him and his family can enjoy together. So they flew on down to grand old Las Vegas. That's right, Sin City, to enjoy the NCAA Pac-12 Basketball Tournament. Um, so we're going to wish him safe travels, and we will enjoy his company next week when he uh, rejoins me here in the studios. That being said, that being said, I'm going to do my best to hold this bad boy down this week, and while I don't have any deep, riveting content like Taylor does when he, uh, when he rolls out these solo bolos, um, I've got some other stuff. Uh, I've got some other stuff to unload on y'all, and so I'm going to do my best. And we'll see where it takes us. First of all, I want to apologize for the episode being late. And I know that some of you are listening, scratching your heads, being like, shut up. I hate when people do this sort of housekeeping nonsense and apologize for stupid things like being late. But I'm going to do it anyways. Uh, You see, Taylor was away on vacation. um, And I told him I could take care of the episode all on my own. Um, I was going to line up some guests to have. But all of my guests fell through one by one uh i had uh guest number 1 uh came up sick guest number 2 ended up having to go out of town and then i somehow secured a third backup guest uh who then just uh thought that they would be able to line up with my schedule and then simply couldn't and so here i am 5 days after the episode's due um and on top of that um you know my musical started this week so uh been working Physical grueling labor all day, then get off and have to go and freaking play music until 10 or 11 at night. Um, So it's been kind of a long week. And then to top it off, I also had a job interview this week, which was kind of fun. Um, So that's been a huge sort of stressor, kind of blocking the podcast. In fact, what was kind of fun, uh, I had to drive uh, like 90 minutes away for this job interview, and I actually, in my car, started recording like a mobile game devs quest episode and it was turning out so well but when i re-listened to the audio uh a i was talking to my recording device uh the wrong direction so pretty much you can hear me talking but <laughs> you mostly just get like the white noise of the freeway uh and my car is not a quiet one so uh that was kind of a huge bummer <clears throat> um but yeah, you know, it's been with all of these things going on this week, it's been kind of a, a really fresh reminder of something. And also, I I reached out and got some questions from some people, uh, so we might we might be doing like a game devs questionnaire, huh? You guys like that one, game devs questionnaire? Um, and none of them are are super crazy questions that uh, that I can't field without Taylor. But uh, it stirred the old noggin, and one of the things that this week has really made me remember is that at the beginning of the year, I had sort of vowed to say no more often than I say yes. Uh, In fact, um, I'll come back to this a little bit later, but um, you guys have heard me talk about every year before January, you know, come around like Christmas time or so, I start analyzing my list of a hundred things to do for the year I had created it the year before I look at the ones that I accomplished. I look at the ones I didn't accomplish and I begin creating a new one. And this is sort of just a fun thing I started. Um, and you know, I don't take it too seriously. Uh, Sometimes I put things on there that I know are going to just be slam dunks. Like I'm going to be able to take care of right away or that are just inevitable. But, um, But it is a fun way for me to sort of track my goals to track my progress in certain areas to see especially when new year's revolutions are just wafting through the air like uh you know like allergens in the spring um it's a good way of kind of seeing where my head's at as well what things were important to me at that moment important enough for me to write down important enough for me to commit a spot on the hundred list of things to do. And, uh, well, a hundred things is a lot, but, um, and I, and I never finished, I haven't finished the list once ever since I started doing this about, I don't know, eight years ago, 10, maybe 10, I don't know how many years ago, but anyway, the goal was to say no to more things. And somehow uh, life just kind of gets away from you. And I look at the way that I got to where I am now. And of course, I get, a, I get the joy and privilege of speaking with you guys every single week. Um, and I get to, um, you know, I have multiple jobs that I, for the most part, enjoy, right? Because I hate being locked down. And I get to go play music with my friends and get paid to do it. Like tonight, I'll be doing that. It's a, tonight's our opening night for the musical. We've been play, we've played two shows already this week, but tonight is the actual opening. Um, so that's that's going to be fun. It's always uh, a little bit more magical. People are uh, the atmosphere is a little bit more electric. But anyway, so through the power of saying yes. You guys will have to forgive me. I'm going to be rambling a lot today because Taylor's not here to keep me in check. But through the power of saying yes, I have gotten to where I am, which is a fun place where I get to uh, make video games with my friends and speak to you all. And I get to play, you know, Dungeons and Dragons for an audience of, uh, you know, a couple hundred people uh, every week and, um, you know, all of this type of stuff. If I just say yes, I can sort it out later, right? But then what happens is inevitably you start getting just burnt up. You start not knowing exactly which priorities are most important. And maybe you start putting family on the back burner. Maybe you start putting your hobbies on the back burner, which there are worse things to put on the back burner. But hobbies, I think, are a very essential part of keeping your head, especially like in this grind culture that we have. this like rat race culture. If you have a corporate job or you got to go to an office and just like grind your soul down with a cheese grater to like make money every week. Like, your hobbies are the one thing that are going to sort of replenish your cheese so that the next week when you go back to freaking grate away it, you have something left to give. But maybe you start putting those on the back burner because you just don't have the energy. Or you promised somebody something that you you easily can deliver, but you've said that too many times. So now you have multiple people that are expecting multiple things of you. And, and things just start slipping. Things just start slipping through the cracks. That's not good. That's not a good way to live. And it's stressful. And it feeds into anxiety. So If you're a person prone to anxiety or stress, like these things are going to eat away at you. And this is, what ha- this is what's been happening with me. And you know I'm gonna give you guys a bit of real talk like we we've you've sort- heard me and Taylor talk about this on the podcast before, but I think after doing two years of this show, you all have sort of sensed it that the goal is very fluid, and sometimes it's slipping through our fingers, and other times we hold it perfectly cupped in our hands um but for me, especially when I start getting busy or I start over committing to things, it's very easy for me to put my goals and aspirations in regard in regards with game dev and game dev's quest on the side burner um and just try to coast along with it the best that I can and so you know here we are two years later, and I don't have any idea where I was going with that exactly, but I think I was i don't necessarily think that I have personally delivered on many of the promises that were made at the very, very beginning of the show. But it has evolved into something so much more for me. And seeing um, you know, the community interact the way that it does is great. And I do really believe that the game dev community is one of the best that I have ever been a part of. It's just so supportive and so uplifting, aside from like the occasional drama that I've seen that just makes me want to just slap people uh that's like a one in a million event though uh I you know since the one thing that I've seen, I haven't seen it ever again um <clears throat> I don't even know why I brought that up I'm not gonna describe it for you guys on the podcast, so sorry, <laughs> but you know, going back to the real talk though i I think that you know I was saying that putting my goals on the side burner has just sort of become um uh, become sort of common practice. And I, that comes back to this idea of saying no, because I can't say no, especially on the podcast. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I told Taylor that I was going to have this epic new, you know, theme song uh, made for our podcast. Uh, not new, but just like a remix. And, you know, I gave myself four weeks to do it. What can't I accomplish in four weeks? Well, I'll tell you. I can't accomplish having this new remix for this song. And part of it is I thought it would be easier. Um, Part of it is that, you know, we were talking before about this project that me and Taylor worked on uh, that we ended up just kind of having to back out of. I think we talked about it a month ago or so. Um, And we didn't go into too much detail, but like that has sort of like poisoned my creative well in a way, especially in regards to music. And so, and then part of it too, is just the fact that I couldn't find the fricking original file for our music. Like I wanted the actual, you know, project file, not just, not just the wave file. I wanted the actual project file so that I could, uh, manipulate what I was doing with that more and change it up and, um, delete things without like having to torch whole sections of audio. Um, and so again, it just over estimated what I was going to be able to do just based on all of the, just based on the simple factor that, Hey, I can make music. I'm good at music. So we're not getting new music, uh, very soon, but it is in the works. Uh, I have found the file. Um, and I like what me and Taylor want out of it. And now I just got to do it, but I'm working full-time jobs with my side hustles, got this freaking musical going which is like essentially a part-time job every week um so you know working many many hours on top of trying to um pretend right this is where i I think i was going earlier uh with this game dev thing uh on top of like trying to pretend that like yeah someday i'm going to be this like great game developer um and uh you know that is a great I think like goal to hang on to. But again, circling back to this idea of saying no, is that I think I need to be more realistic with myself and more realistic, like with where my goals lie. And, you know, part of the initial premise of this podcast was that like Taylor, like he was teaching me all of this code and all of this stuff. And I think that I got pretty self-proficient there for a little while, but then things got away from me and I haven't gotten to where I want to get and will I ever I don't know if I will and I think I just have to admit that that is not where my skills in game development lie and there are so many of you guys out there that are able to just admit this that you know that we all have a passion for games which is why we're here we are the types of people that we play a game and we thought to ourselves somewhere along the lines that that's something that we can do but to realize that sometimes it's not a solo effort if that's not where your skills are or where your passion is that is not a weakness um you know seeing some of this artwork that people create without any programming skills and then it gets put into a game for everybody to look at like that is a great strength you play a game and it is a culmination of all of these efforts and while obviously coding is like one of the most important aspects of it. It's behind the scenes. It's not something that people are looking at. It's not something that people hear. So I think it's time that I just admit to myself that, um, I'm going to be a weak coder for the rest of my life. No, uh, that it's not a priority for me. I think that's a safer way of saying it. It's not a priority for me and it doesn't need to be if you are in the same boat and like learning this stuff has been like a stress to you or learning like another game dev skill skills like stress to you take a step back and realize that like it doesn't need to be like unless this is your job like unless like you need the income from this to like pay your bills or whatever like this is a hobby and if we're not careful you're gonna poison the well and to me it's the constant stress of realizing that like a I'm not practicing coding enough and b, I'm not where I thought I would be, and then I go to work and I stress about not having met my goals, letting myself down, letting Taylor down, letting the listeners down and uh it's It's challenging, so if you're in the same boat with me, let's take a deep breath and uh and realize that you know we have things to contribute, and uh you know we have, we have things to contribute and there is nothing wrong with being another spoke in the wheel or another cog in the machine, um, towards this thing that we all share this creative passion for. So, uh, that being said, gonna practice saying no more. Uh, (laughs) how did we get here? God, I've been talking for a long time. Uh, I guess, grabbing the wheel on this bad boy and steering in another direction. You know, one thing I forgot that I wanted to mention about uh, my job interview, which I spent a lot of time preparing for this week, um, was that I spent all of this time preparing for an interview. And I kind of thought that this story might be helpful for you guys. Um, I focus completely on the technical aspects of this job. And the job is a little bit more like in the public service realm. I would be uh, working with underserved communities and uh, trying to provide a service that would otherwise be completely out of their reach. And I spent all of this time thinking that I need to prepare the technical aspects of this job. I need to know the ins and outs. So I researched the company and I had all of these stats and like, I I quoted some of the stats in the interview and the people were like, are those true? (laughs) I didn't even know. Uh, And I spent all of this time analyzing these laws and analyzing uh, these different sorts of things that would come into play. And not a single one of them came up. I think in the entire interview, I was asked one technical question, like one question of like, how would you do this thing? If you were in this job and it was so just like a basic question that a, I hadn't even considered that it would come up, you know? So luckily that meant that it was a question that I could answer easily on my own. Um, but it made me realize that I had wasted some of my efforts in preparing for this. All of the questions ended up being completely focused on like my character My character as a person and my personality. And uh, that is something that I wasn't prepared for in the slightest. Um, I'm going into this, you know, professional setting. And the first question that they ask me is, you know, tell us about a book you've been reading and why. Sell me that book, you know, Uh, which is actually a really great icebreaker question and i've been asked a question similar to that in another interview but granted it was at a bookstore so <laughs> so uh different different time different setting a little unprepared for it but uh, but then you know they asked me all of these like moral conundrum questions as well you know i, I i'm not going to get too much into it because i don't want to You guys have heard me. I don't really want to talk about what I do necessarily um, in some aspects. But, you know, it's like the same thing about like the kick me puppy conundrum, which I don't know if I've ever talked about on the podcast before. But, you know, this whole idea of um, what is ethically right and wrong. And you can really challenge your assumptions on these sorts of things with this uh, scenario involving uh, a fake. It's a fictitious puppy breed called the kick me puppy. And this puppy is bred with such thick skin that the standard loving of the average person is just not enough. It can't feel your pets. It can't feel your pets. If you ruffle its ears, it won't even notice. And of course, the kick-me-puppy needs the affection that it was bred for to survive. Now, true to its name, the only way the kick-me-puppy can feel affection is with the swift moving force of your boots against its skin. That's right. The only way that it can feel true love is if you kick it. Now, if you have a kick me puppy, and in order to keep this thing alive, you have to kick it. Is it ethically wrong to kick it? Yes or no. Um, another question that challenges your ethical assumptions is what if you adopted this dog and they, you had no idea it was a kick me puppy, and you just kick it anyway, not knowing that it needs your kicking to survive. You just think it's a regular dog, and you're taking your frustration out on it. Is it wrong or is it right? Um, so those are the types of questions. They didn't ask me about the kick me puppy. Uh, that's just a vaguer, ex- uh, a more vague example to uh, keep you guys off the scent of my career. Um, although I'm sure to the extra determined of you guys, you could figure it out, but. But where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So those were the types of questions that they asked in my interview. And and not only that, you know, my uh, panel was very diverse. And um, I kind of made a fool of myself. A couple instances, you know, they say, uh, who are your heroes? And, of course, I name a couple heroes of mine and I really had to change my answer a couple times because my true heroes, uh, are like kind of obscure. And I wanted to give answers that I didn't have to like justify or explain or whatever. And so I named, uh, some men, you know, granted I named a diverse array of men, right? They weren't all just white guys. Uh, but, uh, (laughs) one of the panelists, uh, she looks at me and she goes, yeah, but you know, what about some women heroes? And I was like, (laughs) completely unprepared for that as well. Um, luckily I was able to swiftly name some, uh, and some that I actually felt, uh, that way about as well. So, um, but it caught me off guard. And these were the things that I just, I don't think that no matter how much time that I spent, uh, preparing, I could have been ready for. There's just, there's just no way. I mean, maybe, maybe now if I go into my next interview, you know, or whatever, I'll, I'll be more ready for these types of things. But being that it was like a public, more of a public service job and being the types of people that, uh, I would work with would be, you know, the underserved and underprivileged of our community. Um, I think that they just really wanted to know like where my heart was at and where my head lies and whether or not I can put aside, um, my personal biases, uh, in order to serve people who might've done, you know, horrendous things, um, you know, like kicking a kick me puppy without knowing that it was a kick me puppy. (laughs) Right. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to touch base on that. Uh, I think I I meant to bring it up at the beginning, but I think I just kind of glossed over it. Um, so game devs questionnaire i've got a couple questions that i have siphoned from the interwebs um and i wanted to talk about those um and the first one i sort of touched on earlier uh and that is i got a question uh off of our email and it said haven't heard about ret's list of 100 Things to do this year. Any updates on how that's going? And I think I gave a little bit of update on how that's going. One of them is going horribly saying no more often than I say yes, um, which is a really hard one to do, especially if you have to say no to friends, um, family sometimes. You know, I've had to, you know, I used to just not bail on family events, but uh, this year I have been. But it's been hard. It's been really challenging. And one thing I haven't said no to nearly enough is overworking myself. Um, you know, I will be the first one to jump at an opportunity to go and and work, uh, you know, do a big job that's a six-hour drive away, <laughs> not realizing that, like, I'm going to have to freaking go the night before just to get there on time, um, you know. So things like that, I, I, I just got to practice more. So I'm working on that. But uh, however... Uh, The rest of my list, um, you know, it's only March. Actually, I guess it's almost April. Uh, And I haven't completed the equivalent uh, fraction of things on my list as there is time in the year. Does that make sense? Um, (laughs) But uh, some of the things that are on my list, like, uh, you know, play uh, in Avenue Q, which is the musical that I am currently working on checkmate opening night. It's tonight. Um, another one, uh, read 12 nonfiction books. Uh, and I specified nonfiction because uh, as you guys know, I'm very into fiction, fantasy, science fiction, horror, the big three. Um, and by reading nonfiction, I really challenge myself to go out of my comfort zone. And of course we have the book club, which is kind of on hiatus because again, over committing uh all four of us involved in that i think really overcommitted, and the books kept getting bigger and time kept getting shorter and i had all of these other commitments creative commitments to be a part of and the editing process for a podcast that was that long was just too much for me and it slipped through the cracks uh so we're on hiatus for the time being but there will be more episodes coming out eventually uh because we have a bank of them but anyway um reading the nonfiction books is just a more challenging way for me to broaden my horizons, to read about things that I might not have otherwise known about uh, or, uh, or read about things that I'm passionate about that, um, I'm just interested in knowing more about. Um, so yeah, read 12 nonfiction books, read four fiction books this year. So 16 books total. I think I can do, it. I think I'm on track to do it. Some of the nonfiction books I've picked have been quite a bit shorter. I just recently finished one by a historian named Mary Beard called Women and Power, which is sort of a look at the uh, power dynamics of uh, powerful women throughout history. Um, and uh, definitely well worth reading. read. I think it's I got it right here. It's only like, yeah, 100 or so pages. Um, and it's very well written. Mary Beard's a cool person. Uh, she also wrote a really good book called SPQR, which is all about... Uh, this brief window in the Roman empire, uh, one of the more interesting windows as she puts it, uh, starting around the time of Cicero, um, and going on to, I don't know when, I think it's like a hundred years, but yeah, where was I going with, oh, my list. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing okay on that list. Um, one that has been on my list for like five years is complete a novel. Uh, haven't completed a novel yet. Although, um, I do have a couple works in progress that are very close. I don't know why I don't just take the time to do that. Probably the same reason why I didn't take the time to edit our book club podcast, or why I didn't take the time to, like, actually, uh, you know, become more proficient in coding. Uh, (laughs) uh, because I can't say no. Um, another thing on my list, um, was I put this one on there because I know... I knew that I was going to do it, but I'm going to go to Yellowstone. So that'll be another notch in my list. Um, And uh, another one on my list was go to GDC, uh, GDC, not GDC, you dumbass, ret. C-E-S, which I did do. Um, GDC was on my list uh, because me and Taylor legitimately talked about doing it. However, as you know, GDC just happened and we didn't go. So there's one that I will not be able to complete this year. Um, let's see. What else is on my list there? Some things I don't want to talk about. Personal private family things, which, um, probably won't be able to accomplish because family is hard. (laughs) Which is like such a dumb, vague thing to say. Family is not hard. It's just that when you have a challenging family, uh, like I do, um, then it can be hard. So, um... The things on my list, I'm not going to go into detail on these ones because they are private, but it just, inv- uh, just involves being, <coughs> um, you know, more available for uh, some of my family members and being more understanding of their hardships. Um, you know, just I guess the goal in that regard is to be a better family member, uh, which <laughs> I just said not going so well. I'm a horrible person. Just kidding. But anyway, moving on from this one, um, I can touch base more. Uh, about how my list of 100 things is doing later on in the year, uh, maybe in the summer. Um, one thing that's not going well either. Uh, doing four uh, one-mechanic game jams. Uh, we are, like, past the first quarter almost and, like, haven't done one yet. So shame on us. Uh, we'll be trying to hit that soon. Uh, another question. Uh, this one was uh, in a direct message in the GDQ uh, Twitter. It said guys, whatever happened to the text-based adventure game that y'all were working on at the beginning of the podcast? I'll tell you what happened to that. Um, Me and Taylor got bored, and we were creating this really cool game. For those of you guys that don't know, it's this text-based adventure. We created this whole stat system, really simple stat system, um, and this little kind of rock-paper-scissors-based combat system um and an inventory system and all of these things and the the idea behind this game was that you would be summoned to this like tournament this like a this little village in which was held a tournament and uh there was like a timer so the game had like a definite like ending point uh an ending state and you would basically spend action points and time to like Maneuver around the village to take part in different things, as well as competing in this arena. Um, And part of the game world that we wanted to create was like, you know, having things within these um, set pieces that you could visit to do, including missions, including interactions with characters. And of course, it's all text based. But uh, we also really wanted to have like a mini game that people could play, and we settled on blackjack, uh, which was a little bit harder to code than we anticipated. However, Taylor slam dunked it. But then we got really carried away with like the ASCII art and um, all of these things, and you know. Uh, we figured out a really cool way to lay it out in the console and all of these things. And I, I think like we were mostly done with it, but like, by the time we spent all of this time on blackjack, like we just kind of got burnt out. Like it ended up being like the most ambitious part of our game. Like, I don't even think like our combat system wasn't as involved, like everything up until that point was like, not as involved as the blackjack was, um, And that ended up sort of just taking its toll on our creative energy. And I think we ended up deciding to focus on learning Unity at that point. Um, And we started doing uh, different game jams and uh, things like that, using Unity to create uh, smaller projects. So, yeah, that's what happened at the text-based adventure. Although me and Taylor have joked about coming back to it and maybe just like doing not a text version of it because I think the idea was pretty solid and we had some really good work laid out for it not that we would necessarily be able to reuse that work uh if we wanted to (coughs) sorry uh if we wanted to you know bring the game into the modern era I guess like even Dwarf Fortress now like has graphics and stuff like it's not just like an ASCII game anymore um so by the way What a great world we live in now where Dwarf Fortress is like playable to the rest of the world, right? Um, If you guys don't know Dwarf Fortress, it's possibly one of the greatest strategy sim games out there. Um, I think me and Taylor have played it as part of the podcast. I don't know. Whoops. Uh, But anyway, um, yeah, I think if you just Google it, you can find the download link. Oh, it's on Steam now, too. So there you go. If you guys want to play Dwarf Fortress, it is on Steam. Huh. When I look at it, it says t- availability time is subjective. I don't know what that means. It's not a download button. But anyway, I'm sure you can go to their website, which is like Bay12 or something, or um, and check it out. It looks really good now, too. Uh, time is subjective. Don't know what that means. But anyway, you can go to bay12games.com. Maybe uh, me and Taylor will have to play that some more and uh, dissect it a little bit on the... Uh, on the website anyway moving on uh for more questions game dev questionnaire um somebody wrote this uh, a long time ago and we never addressed it because we talk about it quite a bit uh on the podcast in general but uh they say hey guys love the podcast uh, been listening for a while so they probably already have the answer to this so if you get to this bro and you're just like oh I asked that question, but it was a waste of time. Or maybe they just do what I do, and they start at the most current episode, and they're never going to go back. Um, anyway, he says, hey, guys, love the podcast. I want to learn to code to make games. Where do I start? What tools do I need? Etc. 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 cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And what we tell everybody um, is that if you want a really good place to start, you can start with C Sharp. Um and you can go to rbwhitakerwikicom slash C sharp hyphen tutorials. Um or if you just go to rbwhitaker.wiki.com, com, um I think you can just find it uh by navigating if you're not an idiot. But anyway, uh he gives you a C sharp crash course and it uh is based off of his book, a C Sharp Player's Guide. Uh, which is also the book that me and Taylor used to learn C-sharp. But this uh, can be really helpful if you don't have the book to get started. Uh, all the chapters are basically straight out of the book, except I think it's a little truncated. So uh, go check that out. He gives you an introduction. Uh, he instructs you on how to install the tools that you need. Um, And then helps you get to programming the ubiquitous inaugural first program ever. Um, You know, hello world. Um, And then going on to do other things like using math uh, to solve problems and make shapes on your console and things like that. And it's, I I think um, it's really helpful if you go through and take notes and just, type along and program along as you're reading really helpful dude so go check that out the other thing is is that we also used a udemy course called learn to code by making games uh, on unity the complete unity developer so if you go to udemy.com udemy.com slash unity course uh why am i giving you guys this and then screwing it up i suck but anyway go to udemy.com and just look up learn to code by making games it is a unity developer course and the guy who does it is like super knowledgeable and super awesome and he has a discord server to help um and the people in there are really helpful uh i never finished the course i really should taylor however finished it and um we both found it super valuable it's just that I can't say no, so I'm overcommitted all the time, and I'm constantly struggling to get any of my passion projects done, as I talked about earlier. Um, so, yeah, those are the two things that um, I'd suggest that you look at, uh, because we talk about those the most on the podcast. Um, next question was also buried away in our email. so sorry, like that we never really addressed these. Like me and Taylor had always sort of talked about addressing the emails a lot more we address i think we do the bigger ones more often but sometimes we get some small baby ones and we're always like talked about compiling them into a, a game devs questionnaire such as now but um i'm gonna go ahead and take the reins on this um so anyway the next question is when is the next omg jam and are we ever gonna get a two mechanic game jam bro the one mechanic game jam is <clears throat> just, it's just a name Uh, The spirit behind it is that you can create a game using one mechanic, and you have met all of the requirements to submit a game to uh, our Game Jam page. Now, if you want to do more than one mechanic, we're not going to stop you. And this is the thing I've been telling everybody from the get-go, because for some reason, a lot of people need the rules, like, just spelt out in black and white or, like, carved in stone and, like, people flogged if they deviate from it. But, like, the idea is that, like, we are trying to have the lowest barrier of entry of any game jam. If your dream is to make games, if you're one of those that, like the rest of us that are on this podcast... listening right now or on our Discord channel or on Twitter or whatever, Uh, you play a game and you say, I can make this. I can do this. I can do that, right? Here's a, a game jam for you to get you involved in the community, to get you involved in the spirit of game development where it has like the lowest barrier of entry possible. Your game needs to have one mechanic. You know, like when you know when you are out of uh, when your internet is shut off and you're trying to go to a web page on Chrome and you get your little dinosaur jumper going, that's a one mechanic game. The dinosaur moves and you just press the space bar or whatever to jump. What a great game! It's fun. Who doesn't enjoy doing that and trying to get high scores when your internet's off? If you want to do two mechanics, man, nobody is stopping you. And you have met the minimum requirements to submit your game, which is one mechanic. It's just that, first of all, one mechanic, Game Jam, has a really easy acronym, OMG Jam. um, And it sounds cool. And it's poppy. But also, we don't want to intimidate beginners. Because that's where we were when we started. The idea of doing a Game Jam was very intimidating to us. And we came up with the idea to help people that were in the same frame of mind as us so do your two mechanic game bro do your three mechanic game or better yet do whatever you want just join the game jam and make a game and put it in and then don't be a stickler about the rules just follow the spirit of the game jam protocol um (laughs) anyway Uh, Here is a question directed to me in my DMs. Sliding in my DMs. Is that a gross thing? What does sliding into the DMs mean? Is that like a thing creeps do? Or is that just like vernacular for for sending a DM? Anyway, uh, somebody recalled many episodes ago when me and Taylor were talking about a short film that we had worked on. And they asked, hey guys, you talked a lot about this short film that you guys made before you got into game development. However... Is there any chance that we'll ever see a completed product or any chance that we'll ever see the incomplete work in progress? And my answer to that is yes, on both counts. Uh, maybe me and Taylor will get, all, get our crap together and actually finish this thing. Cause it's only like, you know, the goal is to be like 10 minutes or less or something like that. And we had our first act like completely edited up and everything. We just never, again, I guess it's like this overcommitment idea. But like we went out, we filmed it, we spent a whole day like editing our first act and then we just never finished it again. Um, and it likely comes from the I, the fact that like we don't live near each other and to get together to work on something like this, uh, it doesn't feel easy to do it remote and, you know, as easily as like game dev is at least. Um, and so we probably make excuses in that way, but it probably is something that we can do remote. And also, Taylor, like, lost the edit files at one point, but, like, I have the actual video, so, like, I guess I don't know where that leaves us. However, yes, on both counts, and I am not going to promise when that will be, but I promise you it will happen uh, before we die, (laughs) before the universe dies, at least. Um, So, you know, give it a couple billion years a couple billion years dude what the universe is going to last a lot longer than that what are you going on about red get your math right bro and anyway i think this will be my the last question that i ask i've got a few more but um this thing's been going on for a while this one comes from friend of the show Ali, who asks if you guys could go and recreate one old school game of your choice adding the features that you wish were implemented to begin with what would it be and I th- I might have talked about this on the show before. I don't know what Taylor would say because Taylor had a different game upbringing than me. But I have a couple games that always like blew me away as a kid that I would have loved to see like way more fleshed out. Um, and one of them is this game called Starflight, which uh, was like one of my favorite games ever because you got to fly around space uh, in a spaceship, and then like planets had gravity and you could orbit around them and you could like scan the planets to figure out like which elements were like. More prominent there than others. And then, of course, you could land on the planet. You'd send out this rover and you could mine those elements, collect them in your ship and return and sell them for profit and then buy upgrades for your ship and do all this sort of stuff, Um, buy more fuel so that you can continue to explore the star system and, uh, you know, things like that. And I think for its time, like the game was so mind blowing, like it's crazy because I think the game was made in the 80s. Um, And then was later ported to like, I played it on the Sega Genesis, uh, but I think it was a PC game originally, you know, but there's like extraterrestrial races that you can can encounter and you can like create your own crew that have like different strengths and things like that. You have to have like people in different positions, like the helmsman or communications or like your, your tactical guy, you know, to fire weapons and raise shields and things like that but just like the sheer exploration of the world is so fun and i think like the game that really like comes closest to capturing it like the modern age is no man's sky which i know a lot of people hate but like i've loved it from the beginning and and now with all the updates to it like the game is a real true comeback story like you look at the reviews on steam and they're positive now mostly positive or you know whatever not mostly positive, but a lot of them are positive. A lot more than when the game released, and I just have so much fun playing the game. And it really does, I think, sort of recreate the same feelings I got playing Starflight, which was like this just kind of like feeling of survival and loneliness and exploration and intrigue. And you know, I got this in this like crappy two-dimensional space exploration game. It's not crappy; it's a great game. But you know, like by today's standards, it is. And then No Man's this guy comes out, and it's like the same thing. Like you occasionally encounter extraterrestrials and get to interact with them. You occasionally can get in a fight and have to blow up other ships, uh, or like fight people on the ground. Which is also you do that in Starflight as well, but it's for me like your rover. You know, you scan planets to like figure out like what elements are there. Like yeah, it's a very similar game, and it really captures similar feelings, except with a vast, uh, completely unexplorable. A complete or yeah onyx unex- how can i say that basically like the universe in no man's sky will never be completely explored and like that just adds to that feeling that you get like star Starflight had a finite sort of galaxy that you could explore but um i don't think that anybody in a single playthrough would ever explore it all ever land on every planet or maybe even go to any every single star system like there's so many of them <clears throat> and then the other one that I would really like, because it always blew me away, was this game called Buck Rogers of the 21st century. Maybe it was called Buck Rogers in like the doomsday, something countdown or something. I don't know. I think I've talked about this on the podcast, but it was, the game was really mind blowing. Cause it's like this RPG and you have this party and like the fights were sort of like tack, uh, like tactical, uh, like tactics based grid based, like final fantasy tactics or other games. I think like tactics ogre or tactics ogre, ogre battle 64 or whatever but uh it was in space which was fun and you had spaceships and like some of the stats included like your character's ability to fight in zero gravity and maneuver in zero gravity because oftentimes when you would board an enemy ship you would like there wouldn't be gravity or something like that so your character like while it appears as though they're just walking on screen like the animations wouldn't change or anything it would be assumed in your imagination that they're in zero gravity and that increases their ability to dodge attacks or to land attacks or to move quickly things like this and I don't, i've never seen that in another game since uh so i would love to like flesh a game like that out right like imagine a game like xcom but it takes place in like the like in the broader star system or whatever and you could zip around in your spaceship instead of your helicopter ship or whatever and when you would fight in space like zero gravity came into effect is that a thing in XCOM? i don't think it is at least in the new ones yeah that'd be a fun game um i don't know what taylor would do i guess if we're basing it off of like nostalgic games i can't say for sure i guess i'll just have to let him speak for himself but uh, anyway, that's all the questions that I'm going to ask, even though there are a few more. Maybe me and Taylor will get to those uh, next week. But I do want to thank you guys for bearing with me on this solo episode, especially uh, when I'm rambling about overcommitment and sort of lamenting the fact that I'm not where I want to be um, in any of my hobbies, any of them. I think I only really focus on game dev, but let's get real. Like, I'm not where I want to be with, like, music playing or any of these things. And I think just focusing on the strengths that we have and realizing that, you know, I think it's that imposter syndrome in a way too, right? Like like we all have skills that we can contribute and I think we need to realize that they are valuable. Uh, so I'm going to be working on that this week before we come back. Um, but yeah, especially when I'm lamenting about all that stuff, I don't know if it's good to listen to or not but i i do believe that if it helps one person then i have done my my job and uh, for the rest of you um i hope that you enjoy the other parts of the episode uh guys if you haven't done it yet taylor has thrown up uh our brand new website gamedevsquest.com look at some of that beautiful beautiful art made by our badass friend antic dope um He um, made us like the header um, and a couple of the other things, and they just look so great. Uh, So thanks so much for that. Go check it out, gamedevsquest.com. I can't remember if any of the links that might be important are on there, but uh, I'll throw them out anyways. If you guys want to hit us up on Twitter, we are at gamedevsquest. Uh, If you want to email us, get your questions to us. Uh, You can send us your questions on Twitter, too, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a DM. Um, But it can be if you want, whatever, doesn't matter. DM us, tweet us, or email us gdq at airpodcast.com. And if you guys would like to join the Discord server and come and see what that's all about, especially once we announce the next OMG Jam, you can do so. That is bit.ly forward slash gdq discord. And if you guys are so inclined, you want to help support the the podcast financially, um, which basically just like covers our hosting fees Um, you know, allows us to keep the lights on and things like that, because it's not free to have to host a podcast. Um, especially once you have as many episodes as we do. Um, not that that increases the price, but grant, like, you know, I have to have a certain level of storage basically, especially for all the other podcasts, uh, that I've done, um, things like that. Uh, it costs a little bit of money. It's a modest fee, but, uh, you can buy something on Humble Bundle, which is you know the whole way this podcast started. And uh, if you use our partner link, it gives you at the bottom, if you're familiar with Humble Bundle, the sliders. You can set how much goes to the devs, how much goes to Humble Bundle, how much goes to the charity that they've chosen to support that month. And it'll add a fourth slider, how much goes to game devs Quest. And you can just give us a little bit, right? It just scrapes a little bit off the top and that goes right into our pockets. And goes straight to like, we don't use it for ourselves. Not going to go down and buy a beer with it. Although, I mean, if you want to buy us a beer, that's welcome too. but, um, it's going to go right back into the community, right back into the podcast. Um, and all that sort of stuff. I, I know like a couple of people are always like kind of concerned when we kind of have our hands out, but honestly, like, it's just so that we can continue to do this with like the minimum amount of like strain on our personal lives. Right. But uh, we're going to do it one way or the other. So don't you know, don't harass me about the money grab. <laughs> uh, not that you guys do, but you know what I mean. Uh, anyway, also, I want to ask one more thing. If you have enjoyed our podcast in any shape or fashion over the last two years that we've been doing it, uh, we would love if you get left us a rating or a review um, on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. Um, and leave an honest one. If you don't think we deserve it, don't give us five stars. <clears throat> give us one and tell us what we can do better uh you know, say that you didn't like Rhett's solo episode so that Taylor will never make me do another one again. So that way Taylor can never go on vacation and have a good time. I will never have to do this alone again. Actually I had a really great time doing this. Um or, you know, leave us five stars, say you love it, say that it's perfect and that you want us to change nothing. But we do our best to address all um you know advice that we're given, all reviews that we're given um but also on top of all these sorts of things uh, it is sort of like the currency of the podcast world and it really helps us connect with more people that are just like you it really helps us um you know find more like-minded people to come and chill in the discord and share their passion for game dev with the rest of us and you never know you know who your review is going to touch um and that person might just be like somebody who might be like even helpful to you in a way like on the discord server so um if you got a minute go ahead and please do that otherwise hey no worries i tried and we appreciate you guys tuning in anyway um hey we'll check you guys out in the discord server we'll hit you up on twitter love you all thank you so much for sticking with us we've got another 100 more episodes coming up in the next two years so uh stick around for that whole thing and keep your ears tuned for when omg jam uh, the next OMG Jam date is going to be announced. So, uh, God, gah, gah, I keep rambling. You guys want me to keep rambling? Nah. All right, I'm going to sign off. Much thanks to my bro, Taylor. Uh, love you, miss you. Can't wait to have you back on the show. Hope you had a very safe trip. And, of course, much thanks to our lovely listener. That's you. Until next week, guys, this has been Game Devs Quest. I'm Rhett. Cute at music i <laughs>